back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major. We are back after a extended break, but it's the summertime, so sorry, not sorry. Dave here, as always, with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Master Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? Uh, a little rusty, I guess. We haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, we're... I think it's been almost a month. Yeah, um, which is crazy. I mean, it's already mid-August, um, pretty much. I mean, today's the ninth of the month. Um, you know, next thing you know, we're going to be talking about training camp. We're going to be doing season previews, all that jazz, just to get ready for another year of Flyers hockey, which is going to be another roller coaster of emotion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we we got some things to talk about tonight, which is good. Um, you know, we'll we'll do what we can. We're not really scraping the bottom of the bottom of the barrel here, but there also hasn't been too much happening with the Flyers and just with the NHL in general. So, um, you know, we're just going to kind of do our thing for the people and go on our merry way. Yeah, and we do have some, you know, housekeeping things to discuss since we have been away for so long. We're kind of go. We're going to go in timeline order here. Um, in the recent order of events, going back to about towards the end of July here, really it's been the most news for prospects um, besides everyone going crazy over Mitch Koff in the KHL's preseason, um, unless you're a certain beat writer who wants to try and gatekeep that. As we um, should. Um, but going back to July 25th, the Flyers signed um, 20, 2022 7th-round pick Alex Gendron to a three-year entry-level contract. Um, essentially, he's got 141 points in 160 career games in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So he's typically not a lights-out scorer in that league, per se. Um, tracks would probably be a possibly a fourth third or fourth liner if he makes it to the nhl but odds are he's looking like he's a career ahl or slash east coast leaguer but still nice two-way forward with some scoring upside can't have too many of those in organization i don't really know us much about him other than that matt but it's nice if danny b thought he did well enough at developmental camp to earn a deal he has earned a deal and his contract, he's still eligible to play in the Quebec Major Junior League next season. So that odds are, unless he makes the Flyers out of camp, he's going back to the queue. Yeah, I really don't know much about this guy, to be honest. Uh, he seems, you know, still very young. And, I mean, he's only 19, which, you know, he could still come in the league at 19 nowadays. But seems like he's still got a lot of work to do. Not in a bad way, just, I guess, development as opposed to work. I mean, five foot ten, 180 pounds is like skin and bone in the NHL. I feel like you gotta, you know, bulk up a little beef. bit, get a little bit bigger. Yeah, um, just put some size on, as they say. But I'll give him some of mine. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll give him a little bit of mine too. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's good that he got a contract. I think again, it's kind of now maybe like a prove it type deal where he's got the ELC, he's got the chance to, you know, move up in the ranks, whether it's from the queue to the Phantoms or from the queue to the Flyers, um, whatever happens. I mean, balls in his court, as they say, I guess. And, you know, he's he's got the deal. And if he has the, the true talent that, you know, we think he does have, then, you know, maybe he'll be down the line, be with the Phantoms, and then down the line, be with the Flyers. So a name to watch, but no one that I'm going to get overly excited for, just because, again, I don't know too much about him, but a lot of guys get ELCs that don't pan out in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing personal against him. It's just kind of, you know, how I look at it. I guess it's like the jaded hockey fan in me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever, you know, whatever floats his boat, I guess. And <laughs> we'll see what happens is all yeah. is the best I got right now. So moving from one player signing his ELC, the Flyers did extend a player who we saw make a splash in the NHL this year um, at, a, at a point where Carter Hart was injured and was really good with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in net. And that is goaltender Samuel Erson. Going back to just last week, um, he signed a $2.9 million, $2. $2. million contract extension, which is has a $1.45 million average annual value through the 2025-26 season. You know, obviously, Arison last year, like I mentioned, just split time through the Flyers and Phantoms, where he was excellent in both leagues. Um, he has seen potentially he's climbing up the ranks in the goalie ladders, where if the, if something bad were to happen involving Carter Hart in that 2018 role junior situation, or if Hart decides he doesn't want to stick around for a rebuild, Samuel Arison, in some eyes at the moment is potentially being seen as his replacement as for a starting goalie. Um, I'm not just there yet with Arison. I think he's a good piece and he's an excellent goalie prospect to have. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can stick it in the NHL this year. And if everything is okay with Carter Hart, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Hart be a goalie tandem, like a one, a one B situation, um, and see how he does there. But, you know, overall, um, he's a solid goalie prospect. I like him a lot. He's got, you know, pretty decent stats throughout his career in the NHL and American Hockey League. And he was really good over in the SHL when the Flyers drafted him. Enough so where I kept an eye on him when, when they did draft him because he played really well for Sweden in the World Juniors this one year. So uh, Sam Harrison earned himself a new extension, and uh, we go from there. We have some breaking news, non-hockey related, Dave. I don't know if you were hearing about this at all. But um, Michael Lorenzen of the Philadelphia Phillies has just pitched a no-hitter against the Nationals. Really? I knew yes. it was like 4 nothing in the second inning. Yep. Uh, the Phillies won 7 to nothing. Rojas just caught the last out in the top of the ninth inning, and it is officially a no-hitter for the Phillies. One of the first time uh, – I think that's his, one of the first ones in a long time. Maybe it's his home debut since becoming a member of the Phillies. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, I was, like, a little distracted because I was watching the last couple of Oh, no, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, so we have a no-hitter in the Phillies game tonight. Um, so we do have some fun stuff to talk about this summer. Um, it's crazy. I think I haven't seen one of these in forever. Um, but, yeah, so the Phillies with a no-hitter, you love to see it, as I say. You love, love, love to see it. Um, but quick baseball update there. 
But yeah, Sam Harrison, um, I'm not, I'm not all in on him, but I'm excited about him. Uh, he played a few games for the Flyers last year, and he did play very well. Um, there was a point where I know Dave, you were saying that the Flyers should get rid of um, what's oh shit, I'm blanking on his name. Felix Sandstrom. Yeah, Sandstrom. Um, and they should keep Arison and Hart as the the goalies. Um, you know, which I'm still fine with, honestly. I think Arison outplayed Sandstrom as far as I'm concerned. Um, but and then Hart's obviously really a no brainer. So, you know, I, I, a big Sam, as I call him, he's here to stay for another two years, a good contract with good money. And, you know, he's he's a good goalie. I think he obviously can be better. But for where the Flyers are right now in their journey, so to speak, in this new era of Orange, he's not a bad option to have as your backup 1B, whatever you want to call it. And he's as, still only you know, 23. A second so goaltender who, yeah, I mean, he could play, I'd say, you know, 20 to 25 games in a year and you know you know give give you a good goaltending which is really all you need like maybe more than and, that because uh, the yeah. days of goalies playing 60 plus games is kind of over in the league yeah so maybe you give Hart like 40 something and you and you give Arison their other remaining 30 ish potentially if they all yeah, both I mean, stay healthy for the whole year Hart's would have a problem where he's gotten hurt for a good stretch of the season these past couple of years. So Yeah. Um but, you know, I think again, he still has that, you know, prove it sort of contract, so to speak. And again, I think there's a lot of kind of not questions with this team, but just you know, we'll see what happens is kind of my attitude at this point. Yeah. And I feel like the point now with his extension, he actually is making more money. Mm-hmm. Then Felix Sandstrom. So I would not be surprised at all since Sandstrom is waiver eligible now. If the Flyers do decide to go with Hart and Erson as their goalie tandem this year to get Sandstrom down to the Phantoms, they'd have to put him on waivers, obviously. And I would not be surprised if another team picked up Sandstrom. Yeah. So I think he's I think a lot of people have leaned towards this too online on the on the Flyers Twitter.com machine. He's kind of there's not really a place for Sandstrom anymore with the yeah. with the Flyers now with Arison passing the torch and even with the Phantoms, if Arison's with the Phantoms, he's starting above Sandstrom. So I think it's either the Flyers maybe Breer maybe tries to move Sandstrom so you don't lose an asset for nothing. Um, but he's a goalie where another team would easily take a flyer on him. Yeah. Um I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if Sandstrom didn't get moved for, you know, maybe a, a draft pick or some kind of, I guess, low lower end player, maybe like a bottom six forward. But yeah, I think again, Arison's a guy where you stick with him. It's really no harm, no foul, so to speak. The Flyers are already, you know, at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to being one of the worst teams in the league. Not to sugarcoat it, they are one of the worst teams in the league. Obviously, they were, you know, seventh overall pick, the seventh worst team in the league. So, um, yeah. I think again, you can't really you can't really shoot yourself in the foot too much more here. So no. um, this is kind of a low risk, high reward sort of contract, in my opinion. Definitely. So moving on to some breaking Flyers news that happened today, August 9th. Um, the Flyers sent the signing rights of forward David um, Kasha to the Carolina Hurricanes. In return for forward Massimo 
Massimo. Massimo. You gotta say it with the Italian accent. Massimo. Massimo. Massimo Rizzo. I'm pretty sure that's uh, the one kid's name from that movie, Kicking and Screaming, with Will Ferrell and Mike Ditka. Give the ball to the Italians. Never seen it. You've never seen that one? It's such a great movie. Oh my god, you gotta watch it. I think it's on... Do you have have Max? I know it's not HBO anymore. Do you have Max? I think it's on there. Okay. Um, Or it's on Prime. You gotta watch it. It's I, like, I have both those. So it's a, it's a. I think it's an. I will dare say that it's an underrated Will Ferrell movie. Um, but yeah, it's Massimo is definitely a, uh, one of the characters' names in that movie. So, gotcha. We gotta give it some stereotypical Italian accent. Massimo. Massimo Rizzo, and a <laughs> fifth round selection in the 2025 NHL draft from the Carolina Hurricanes. So what's what makes me laugh about this deal is the fact that these that Rizzo and the fifth round pick in the 2025 draft were the two pieces the Flyers were supposed to get in the Tony D'Angelo trade that the NHL did not allow to have did not allow to have happen. Yeah. So now just the Flyers buy out D'Angelo, he signs with Carolina, but then Carolina still gives us the prospect and the draft pick. For a player who's probably in Kasha and who's now playing over in his home country of the Czech, playing in the Czech Extra League, who's never seen the NHL ever again. Um, love getting the extra draft picks. You know, they're all lottery balls at this point. You never know what can happen. You can include it in a bigger deal to get something to bring back into Philadelphia. Um, but getting Rizzo um, is a huge piece. I think he's a he's a high end level college um, prospect. He, of course, former teammate of Bobby Brink at the University of Denver. Um, he's a good scoring winger. The big knack on him is his skating, i.e. a lot of these smaller-sized scoring wingers where their skating isn't the best. Um, but just this past year, Rizzo, he had 46 points, 17 goals, 29 assists in 38 games um, in the NCHC for the University of Denver's past season. He's 5'11", 175 pounds. He's a native of British Columbia. Um, He led the NCHC in scoring, and he ranked 11th nationally overall in the NCAA. Um, He had a career-high 11-game point streak this past season as well. Um, He's a left-shot center. He was named the West second team of the all-NCHC. He was named to the West second team the All-NCHC first team, and he was a finalist for the NCHC Forward of the Year, and he was named the Forward of the Week in the NCHC twice this past year. Um, So overall, you know, he's a solid, solid prospect. You know, he helped, of course, the Pioneers win the national championship a couple seasons ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a seventh-round pick by the Hurricanes in 2019 so he's got some season here i see him potentially as you know he's another good prospect to have into this cupboard uh you would think the flyers are going to try and sign him to a deal so he can play with the lehigh valley fans this year if not he'll return back to college um i like the connection with him and brink maybe play them together with the phantoms if he does turn pro but um you know all in all smaller size skilled scoring forward in a rebuild, what more do you want? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I think, again, he's a guy where 
you know, Kasha, 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 Kasha. Yes. Um, a little rusty tonight with my pronunciations and such, but you know, he's a guy where he had a cup of coffee with the flyers. Um, he played pretty well. You know, you don't really, if you don't hear someone's name a lot, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, we did witness his first career NHL goal. You and I, the year I had season tickets. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, wish him luck with Carolina. As you said, Dave, this should have been official with us and the Tony D'Angelo deal. Um, so that's obviously kind of a tough look on the NHL. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Rizzo, I think, first of all, props to the Flyers social media team um, for posting that picture from Billy Madison. Yes. When he writes Rizzo on the blackboard and uh, he tries to do the Z's. Um <laughs> Rizzuto's not a Rizzuto's not a word. He's a baseball player. Um, but great line, great movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, this kid's got potential. Like you said, I think it always benefits to have someone um, in the NHL who like is a former, I guess, teammate slash classmate in Bobby Bring at Denver. Um, I think it's just extra motivation for a guy to be like, oh, I want to be, you know, the same level that he's at. So, you know, hopefully he's got the got the stuff so to speak to to work his way up to the nhl to go pro you know starting with the phantoms and then maybe working his way up to the flyers and you know he's he's got some good stats and stuff too so this is uh you know potentially an exciting prospect to watch out for and we could hopefully see him in the orange and black someday soon yeah so then going from the current roster new additions to the team the flyers really have one key rfa left to sign that they have not signed yet this season, and that being center slash winger Morgan Frost, who ended the second half of last season on a pretty nice heater to end the year. Um, you know, he's coming off a, a kind of an, another bridge prove it deal contract. Um, the Flyers did extend to him a qualifying offer of eight hundred thousand uh, dollars to tender his rights, so they can negotiate with him. Um, but the big elf in the room is, is why isn't he signed yet? What's going on here? Um, you know, are, are they apart on dollars? Are they apart on length of the contract? You know, what's, you know, it is an issue with John Torella playing in here. Cause you know, Tortorella at times has not been a fan of the skilled flashy players. You know, Matt, we'll start with you. Um, Obviously, give your thoughts on why you think potentially he hasn't signed yet. And, you know, also, what are your thoughts in regards to if the Flyers were to sign him to a deal, what would you ideally sign him to? And what do you think the numbers in years sh- should be? Uh, I guess I'll start with the second question with the deal on the term limit. I say, I guess not term limit. He's not a president. Um, just the term <laughs> length. Um, uh, I'd say, I guess, another bridge type deal where, you know, he was a little slow out of the gate when he first came to the Flyers with his production. I know he did have, um, it might have been his, I think it was his first game against the Panthers of all teams. The a couple defending, years ago. Defending Eastern Conference champions. Um, when he did have that really nasty backhand against Bobrovsky from that crazy sharp angle. And obviously everyone was like, oh my God, the Morgan Frost shows in town, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of got a little streaky, and he's kind of been, you know, been that way, I think, ever since. 
hasn't really found too much of his footing. And I think he's just, you know, maybe just having trouble adjusting to the NHL or, um, you know, he's, I don't want to say he's not cut out for it, but it's like, you know, some guys just don't transition well, so to speak. And they don't have these, you know, illustrious careers in the league, but knowing the flyers, if they do trade him, he's going to go win the Stanley cup with his next team or something like that. So it's kind of a damned if you do damned, if you don't situation. Um, I think as far as, you know, getting back to my original point, um, signing him like a bridge deal, maybe two years, two million, uh, maybe two million a year, so four million overall, I guess. I feel like it's not a terrible deal, but he just needs I need more from him. Um, I know I'm the one that's sitting in my apartment talking about a professional hockey player. So uh, you know, nothing personal to him, but just kind of my um my two cents as a podcaster is that he he needs to do better i think and you know hopefully tortorella can kind of whip him into shape as he did to owen Tippett. i think this past season where again Tippett was definitely my standout star as far as the young player went um and as we know you know tortorella is definitely he's hard and he's tough on younger players because he wants to get the best out of them he's tough on everyone um but i think if if he can kind of turn morgan frost into his I guess, passion project, if you want to call it anything, to be like, hey, like, you know, I understand you're having a rough time in the league. You haven't gotten to where we want you to be or where you want you to be. So, you know, let's let's do something here. Let's figure out kind of a new approach this season, you know, shake off the rust, shake off the, the yips if he's got those at all. So I think, again, just he needs more work. Um, whether it's, you know, through Tortorella, but he also needs a contract first. Um, so I think that's obviously the biggest thing to get out of the way. But I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe like the same type of deal that Arison got, where it's like a two-year, 2.5, maybe even $3 million a year contract just to say, hey, you know, we're going to give you another shot. But as opposed to Arison, you know, we need to see more from you. Otherwise, otherwise that's not going to work out. So. I think that's kind of the best that I can give you at this point on Frost. So he is coming off of a three-year, $2.775 million contract that carried an AAV of about $8.63, um, eight, no, I'm sorry, $863,000 yeah. um, for the past three seasons. Um, so $2 million a year for a bridge deal would be a nice little pay raise for him, $4 million total. Mm-hmm. Um, he is coming off a year where in 81 games played, he did play essentially a full season for the Flyers. He had 19 goals, 27 assists for 46 points. Um, I do, you know, those are solid middle forward scoring numbers. Yeah. I would like to see him maybe up those totals, maybe get him closer to 50, maybe even 60 or 70 points. I think 70 points is a high ceiling for Morgan Frost, mm-hmm. but ideally I could see him potentially being a 25, you know, goal scorer, 20 goal scorer around, you know, 40 assists or so. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be an elite playmaking forward and link by any chance, but he's going to be a good guy on the power play and a good guy to have in your middle six. That being said, where I think the issue is, is I think the Flyers want to lock him up long term and they want to get him under the books. And all the players know that now the fact we're coming out of COVID and escrows and all those things with the cap situation are changing, and all the money that the NHL's been bringing in, the salary cap is going to go up. So where I think the disconnect is, is I think Frost and his camp say, hey, listen, 
give me another one or two year prove it deal at, you know, maybe two million a season or a million and a half, a million and a half a season for one more year. And then let's readjust from there, because if the cap goes higher and he does well, that means he earns a bigger contract. And I think the Flyers are saying, no, we already gave you your prove it deal. You know, you sign that with Chuck Fletcher. You know, we were all here. We watched you. Let's get you locked up to some term here. And then in a couple of years, we can renegotiate. We can do that new deal down the line. Um, I don't know how much money he's asking for. I feel like if he's asking for anything higher than three, I personally think he's crazy. But yet here I am. Yet again, like you mentioned, Matt, sitting in, in my apartment discussing this <laughs> yeah. um, as a fact, as as a bigger gentleman who plays men's C adult hockey. Um, nowhere near the skill of Morgan Frost. Um, but from my personal opinion and viewpoint, I would give him, you know, I'm if you get him to do anything, I would do at least maybe a three year or four year deal at two to two and a half million. I don't think he's earned three. If you have to get him at three, I would go three years, do three, you know, three years of three mil a season, so a nine million dollar contract total. I feel like that would be appropriate. Um so I think he's gonna be he's gonna put up more points than Scott Lawton, but he's a very different player. Like you can't mm. really use Scott Lawton in the way that you use Morgan Frost. And Morgan Frost, he's very limited. Like he's not he's not very good defensively. He's not the best face-off guy. He's not the best center, but he's in position well enough and he does have that high end, you know, almost elite level offensive thinking. So he's he's in a tricky spot. Um but with how he ended his second half of the year last year, if he can turn that into a full season, we have a hell of a player on our hands here. So I'm not ready to give up on him just yet, but I feel like the Flyers do only have per cap friendly. They don't have a lot of room to work with here. They only have $2.967 million. They have essentially almost a little under $3 million in cap space, not a whole lot. And that's before, of course, um, you know, there is room um, LTI. There's about nine. Th- there's some wiggle room. Once you throw some LTR contracts, cough up Ryan Ellis on the deal that does give you some more wiggle room there to get a couple more million dollars in space there. But you're going to need that for other transactions throughout the course of the year. So yeah. with Morgan Frost, I definitely think it, it's an issue of, Term, not so money. I think the two sides might be in agreement on the salary per year, but I think it's 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 the issue is in how long the Flyers want him to be signed and how long the player wants to be signed. So mm. hopefully, like I said, it, it is we are recording on Tuesday, August 9th. You know, players are already coming back to town. You're seeing the clips on Instagram and Twitter. The the, the beauty league out in Minnesota is up and running where Noah Cates is currently playing in. Players are coming back home to do their own, you know, off-season skates at the NHL facility. So we're kind of getting down to the wire here. The Flyers do have, I believe, until December 1st to sign Frost for, before he'll have to sit out the whole entire of the season. I don't think it gets to that point. I do think he has a deal before training camp. It's just kind of the fact of why hasn't this happened yet has led us to have this discussion this evening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell at this point, but I think, again, they'll probably get him signed, but, you know, I'd be kind of surprised if they also do let him walk. Yeah, and you know, no other team's going after him either because he's an RFA, so potentially yeah. you know, the rest of the, of the league, if they wanted to, could could have offered him a deal by now, and then the mm-hmm. Flyers have to choose the match or not, and 
no other team has decided to take to take a sniff on Morgan Frost. So yeah, we'll see where he goes from there. That's the beauty of it all, right? Yeah. So I guess we do have time to cover this whopper of a deal, Matt. If you want to dive into it in a little bit, if we can go around the league a little bit here with the one major news story that just broke this past Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Um, we had a, uh, not to be vulgar here, but we had a three-way happen in the NHL. hey Um, I have to find the deal. I uh, actually have it up. Okay, wait. Uh, here we go. Still on Cat my... Friendly. Look, look, let's give out a shout-out to Cat Friendly here. They are really, like, gods for what they I'm do. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to do my best to make this make sense for everybody. So... The deals between the Penguins, the Sharks, and the Canadiens, um, and according to NHL.com's trade tracker, I'm going to read this. So, the Canadiens acquired defenseman Jeff Petrie, goaltender Casey DeSmith, forward Nathan uh, Lagari, um, and a second-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft from the Pittsburgh Penguins for forwards Mike Hoffman and Rem Pitlick. Then... The Pittsburgh Penguins acquired defenseman Eric Carlson, forward Dylan Hamiliuk, and a third-round pick in the 2026 NHL Draft from the San Jose Sharks for forwards Michael Granlund, Mike Hoffman, defenseman Jan Ruda, and a first-round pick in the 2024 NHL Draft. Um, If that doesn't make too much sense to you all listening out there, basically Eric Carlson got traded to the... Pittsburgh Penguins from the San Jose Sharks and the Montreal Canadiens were a broker of sorts. Yes. Just to kind of get, you know, a couple other players in the mix and to make sure all the cap and, you know, a couple of trade, uh, couple draft picks got thrown in there too. So, you know, this was a a doozy of a deal, but, you know, the main main event, so to speak, uh, after the undercard of players and picks, even though, you know, Michael Granlin is no no name to kind of scoff at. Um, Mike as well Jan Ruta is a guy that you know we've heard of as you know avid hockey fans but again the the main event of the evening as they say was the Pittsburgh Penguins acquiring Eric Carlson who is the defending Norris Trophy winner mm-hmm. scored 100 points this past year in the uh in the National Hockey League um there are some other notes too um with being sal- salary retained um Jeff Petrie's deal going back to Montreal, um, $1.5 million or so, about 25% of his contract, um, is being retained by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then 13% of Carlson's deal is also being retained. And I think um, Montreal is also taking on that money as well. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, and then the 2024 first-round pick that the Sharks acquired from Pittsburgh is top 10 protected. Um, yes. So if the Penguins were to not make the playoffs next year and picked in the top 10, they would keep that pick in this year's draft. But then next year's draft in 2025, their pick would go to um, San Jose regardless. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Now that we've gone over the exact workings of the deal, what are your thoughts on EK65 being a Pittsburgh Penguin? Oh, God. That's part of my thought. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I think not my worst nightmare, but I think I thought that the Penguins were kind of on their way out of 
becoming contenders. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah. Um, And I'm not saying Eric Carlson, you know, famous last words. I'm not saying Carlson's going to, you know, win them a Stanley Cup. I probably just, you know, made that happen, butterfly effect. I'm knocking on wood here, okay? Yeah. Um, But, I mean, he definitely does a hell of a lot for a team that is aging. Um, I mean, guys like Crosby and Malkin and Latang obviously have been in Pittsburgh since I was a kid. Um, Forever and ever, amen. (laughs) Yeah. um, But, you know, they didn't – they missed the playoffs this past season because of the Panthers getting in. Um, So, I mean – and Carlson's also, you know, older. He was – I think he's past his eh, – I, I don't know if I can say he's past his prime because he won the Norris Trophy. Like, that's the thing. Um, I don't know. It's tough because, like, he definitely, you know, he brings a ton of skill to the blue line for the Penguins. And he's 33, which I guess isn't too old. Um, but, you know – He's won his he won his third Norris Trophy last season. He had 101 points, um, and just you know, it makes the Penguins better. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But the the fan in me, you know, just wants to be like shake my fist at the air, like like Jay Jonah Jameson when he's wanting pictures of Spider Man. Yeah, that that kind of shaking my fist in the air. Um, so it's just like I just want to sigh and just be like, damn it. But, you know, he doesn't scare me as much as he used to. But and also, again, with with the flyer, like I'm a lot more focused on the flyers kind of, you know, writing the ship as I am like, OK, the Penguins are still good because it's not like the Penguins have been really that bad in our lifetime. Like yeah. they've gotten three cups in in my lifetime. Um, and it's like, you know, the standard of me being a Flyers fan with the Penguins is that the Penguins are good. So this makes them still good, if not even better than they were this last season. So obviously they're looking to get back in the playoffs. They're looking to make a deep run again. Um, but yeah, this bottom line, you know, Carlson, as much as I like him as a player, now I have to not really like him because he's on the Penguins. So yeah. I'm torn here, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's a good trade for Pittsburgh. It pains me to say that, but he's a hell of a player, and they got a hell of a player. Kyle Dubas now has his new core four with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. And with, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and now Carlson. Um, my thoughts on this deal are kind of very similar to what Mike uh, Grinelli said on the most recent episode of Spin Chicklets. Are the Penguins a better team than they were to end the season now? Yes, they are. Are they an immediate Stanley Cup contending team? I personally do not think so. Um, They don't, besides outside their forwards of Crosby and Malkin and Gensel, they don't really have any other really good forwards on their team. Um, They don't have any, like, toughness or rats that they have. Um... Besides their defense, I mean, they already had, no offense to Chris Letang, they already had a bargain Eric Carlson in Letang on the blue line. Both Letang and Carlson aren't known for their defense, but they're known for their transition and their offensive game. But the rest of their defense really doesn't scare me at all. Um, And their goaltending is a big question mark. 
you know, Tristan Jari has had some health problems and hasn't frankly been very good um, this past couple of seasons. They get rid of Casey DeSmith in the deal. So who backs up Tristan Jari now in Pittsburgh? Um, do I think they're still a playoff team? Potentially, but I, they could easily miss it again, just like they did this past season. Um, I get why I get why Dubas made the deal because as long as you do have Crosby and Malkin and Latang playing at the level that they're still playing at, where they're still elite offensive players in this league, you have to go for it. And I get that. Then that's why ownership let go of Brian Burke and Ron Hextall, and that's why they brought Dubas in to keep on competing. So he's making a deal in his eyes. That will make the Penguins compete. I know a lot of Pittsburgh fans are happy about it, so good for them. Um, it's an interesting deal. You know, like like you said, Matt, I this might make them a Stanley Cup contending team just because we're shit talking the, the shit talking the trade and bringing him into town. But you know, as of right now, I don't. Yeah, it makes their power play even more lethal. A five on five, unless they have the puck. If they're if they get hindered their own zone, they're kind of screwed. So it stinks. Like I'm in the same boat as you, Mastro, and it stinks now that a player that I once liked and really was a fan of in the league, uh, now being a Flyers fan, I have to just utterly hate him because he's a Pittsburgh Penguin. And I hope he doesn't retire there, kind of like Phil Kessel's, because then I was able to re-enjoy Phil Kessel again after he left the Penguins. So it's an interesting scenario. It's a good deal if you're a Penguins fan, but in the end, you're giving up more draft capital um, and potentially what could be a high pick, if not this year, next season. And Carlson also, let's face it, he's been injury-riddled the past couple of years. This this past season was an anomaly for him in the past three or four years. Yeah. you know He's been hurt more so lately than he's been healthy. So it definitely is a risk and a gamble, and he's got a huge ca- – even being retained, he still is carrying a hefty salary tag. So we'll see what happens. It's a good move now in the offseason, and it could pay out for them next season, but in a, in a, in a year or two, could be pretty ugly, which I'm all here for as a Flyers fan because it's time for the Penguins to suffer. They've had their time in the sun, and they can now – disappear for a while oh yeah i agree but that is pretty much all i had on the docket for this evening master unless you have anything else that you want to add on last second we've you know we talked about movies we talked about the month's worth of flyers contracts trade signings etc that went down we shit we shit talked to the penguins talked about a no hitter with the phillies yeah i mean i think we covered a a summer podcast we covered a lot for, you know, the middle of August, pretty much. Um, but, no, I mean, I think, you know, everything that's kind of already happened in the span of us not recording is, you know, it's happened, as they say. And if you don't know about it as a hockey fan, you're living under a rock. Um, but, yeah, I think, again, I'm, I'm all good for the week as as we kind of close things up here. And, you know, the next time we record will probably be, um, you know, the next couple weeks. But soon enough, we'll be back to – back to the grind of every week and you know i'm talking about flyers week in review who's doing what on the ice who's not doing one on the ice um flyers twitter is going to be back in full swing so you know it's gonna it's gonna be 
as as Anakin said, you know, this is where the fun begins. So mm-hmm. um, I'm ready for that to begin again, and just another another journey through a new era of Orange. Now. Yes, definitely. So uh, with that, of course, you know, we'll be back in about a couple weeks or so here. Look forward to gearing up for the season. Potentially have some guests lined up for some spots focused on the Reading Royals and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, which could be some nice upcoming conversations as we gear up for the next upcoming hockey season. Down um, farm. Yeah, down farm teams are important. It's how you grow the, 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 the future of the team in the National Hockey League. Um, but yep. before we do call it quits this evening, we do need to take some time to mention our dear friends and affiliates in the Pod Street Boys who are still pumping out content, content, it seems, at this point, every week, still in the dead of summer. Don't know how they're doing it, but they are doing it. Um, they just dropped an excellent pod with just the two founding members of the pod, being John and Derek, this past week. They were they were matchless without Matt Casey and, and Hoagie Matthew Hoagland this past Monday, but it was an excellent podcast. So if you listen to our podcast, please check out the Pod Street Boys. You'll be a fan of theirs. But on that note, Matt, I'm ready to wrap it up. Take us away, sir. So with it, everyone, we'll see everyone in a couple weeks. Good night. Good hockey. Root for the Phillies. Eagles are starting soon. Kelly Green Green jerseys. Love them. But uh, see everyone in a couple weeks.